welcome back to the Recharge Podcast. That's Recharge with a capital E-D. I am one of your hosts, Jessica. And I am Nathan. What's up, guys? I'm Nicole. Hope you're all doing good. So how are you guys' weeks being instructional technology coaches amidst (laughs) COVID-19? I mean, I think this week has been a lot. Um, Back in our neck of the woods, we are closing out the first nine weeks of school. It's hard to believe we've been in school for nine weeks um, in person. So closing out grade books, getting our stuff together has been a little hectic this week. Guys, we're a quarter of the way done with the year. It's hard to when believe. You think I haven't about thought it, about it that way that's yet. That's wild. <laughs> it's, it is wild. Um, but, you know, we're, I think, happy to be back in our little podcast space. Here we are. Definitely. All, all, the, all, the, all things Skyward this week. All things Skyward this all week. All things. If you great. don't know what Skyward is, you can be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> if you do, arch nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. you know what? By the time you'll be listening to this, we'll be through that, right? That's, That's right. right. That's true. Good. My response, good. every time a teacher comes to me and asks, why is this happening? I go, because it's Skyward. That's my response. That's right. But Sky- shout out to Chris Jahasky. Oh my God. Our Skyward yes. master. Hero, hero at all times for Skyward. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that first episode that we dropped um, with Dr. Holly Ferguson. Uh, we were so happy to interview her, and we're really excited that you got a chance to listen to her describe this brave new world that we're all entering into and working through. It was great, like I said, to have her here. So we hope you enjoyed listening to that one. This one, we're going to kind of change gears a little bit. Um, we're going to drop into something that Prosper specifically focuses a lot on, and that is the four C's. Um, The four C's delve into the areas of teaching, and they are obviously all beginning with C. Um, So the first one we're going to look at (laughs) is communication, and that's going to encompass feedback. But we're going to kind of alternate back and forth between this Brave New World series and some guests, Mm -hmm. some other... Um, tech tool throwdowns, some fun things. I'm so excited about the tech some tool fun things coming be fun. to your ears. There's nothing I like better than a throwdown. That doesn't Ooh. surprise me. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> the that's, claws come out. That's man. from New Yorker. <laughs> it is. I mean, I feel like living in New York is a perpetual throwdown. Right, it's like the mob. <laughs> it's just, just like your throwdown every it's a day. Permanent state of being. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, New Yorkers way in here, but I'm pretty sure that's how you're raised. It's like every day you just come out with your claws out. You're like, I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> wow. Sorry, New York. I mean, but it's true. I don't know. I don't think any New Yorker would argue with you no, on that one. They'd probably want to throw down about how I stated it, but they would agree. That's good. Yeah, that's fine. So we hope you enjoy this episode as we discuss, discuss, wow. It's been a week, man. Okay. We're here. It is Friday. Discuss communication. Okay. So jumping into the first of the four C's, communication. This is the one we should be experts at, right? Like we're on a podcast. That's our job to communicate. You would think, but we are, we're newbies at this, right? So we are, we are brave new world. That's true. Brave new world. Brave new world. We'll just be brave. So As we dive into communication, I think it's really important, no matter what we're discussing on the podcast, that our listeners, you guys, you know why we're doing that, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we don't want to come on here and just say, like, do this, do this. This is why. Um, So really, every time that we have a chat, whether it's about a tool or whether it's about a concept, we're really going to look for the research and the data that kind of supports what we're giving you. And that's our practice, even in our everyday life as instructional technology coaches. We really want to make sure that 
Um, we're giving you quality content that we're covering things you need, but that it's grounded in real research and thought. And we're not just off the cuff um, kind of giving you this stuff. So when we look at communication specifically, which is what we're going to talk about today, there is a ton of data out there about feedback and what feedback means and how to give it. But really something that we kind of always ground ourselves in is Hattie. Um, John Hattie, if you don't know, wrote the book Visible Learning. He has other books, um, but he talks about effect size. And specifically, feedback has a rather big effect size. Um, it's up in 0.73, and that's on his scale one of the top ways to have engagement and make learning visible. So we've also done our own surveys of our own district with feedback, and really, the kids feel like they give a lot of feedback and they get to do a lot of things, but they may not feel that feedback necessarily from a teacher. So we're gonna look at today feedback, both student to student, feedback teacher to student, and ways that we can kind of facilitate that in our world. And feedback is not limited to, I mean, we, when we think feedback, right? We think about, oh, well, they're getting a grade back. The, um, we're taking a test, so I'm getting the feedback. If, if we're finding that the first, if we don't know what the kid knows until that first assessment at the end of the unit, the feedback, it's too, that's too late. We can't intervene right. at that point. Yeah. So, um, and I used to always say, right, like if you give a summative assessment and you don't know how that kid's going to do, yeah. that's your first 100%. marker that that feedback 100%. part is limited. Right. A hundred percent. I know we use rubrics a lot, um, exit tickets. Those things are going to be great for you to already know where that kid is before they take that summative assessment. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important that we frame feedback in a way that it's not confrontational and it's mm -hmm. not judgmental. It's really about growth. hundred um, percent. Especially, you know, we've asked y'all who listen to give us feedback. I think we've lost that ability a little bit in this world to yeah. take feedback. Everybody's so sensitive. Yeah. Everyone's offended by everything. Right. And it's, I, I think we're kind of our own worst enemy in that in, you know, I know when I was in the classroom, a lot of the time it is based on grades, right? It's pointing mm -hmm. out what was done incorrectly right. instead of like really giving actionable things for kids to grow. That's our point is for kids to grow. So I think it's important as we frame this discussion on feedback, that really we want the kids to feed forward. We want right. them to take what we're saying and use it in a positive way mm -hmm. and not jump in prematurely or too quickly with our feedback because then kind of we're, we're kind of spoon feeding that yeah. growth. You made me think about that. My very favorite Ted talk, Rita Pearson. Yes. I love that TED Talk. I feel um, out of the party. I've not watched this oh, one. Oh, it will change your life. Yes. We'll link oh, it in the resources for if you've sure. never seen it. Um, Ooh, but exciting. what you were talking about in it not being a negative experience, mm -hmm. I love the part where she said that the kid out of 20 got two correct. Mm -hmm. And instead of putting a minus 18, she put plus two. And he goes, is this an F? And she was like, well, yeah, it's an F. <laughs> but she and he got goes, two right. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what she said. She said, but you got two right. You're on a roll. That's awesome. And I love that. she goes, that just changed his whole perspective. And yeah. he was going to mm -hmm. do better the next time. Yep. And I love that, that thought process. And, and as a teacher, after seeing that, you know, you kind of change your, your perspective. Yep. And how am I giving that? Is it going to totally beat down those kids? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to make them rise up and want to do better? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I see that in my own children, too. You know, I'm very purposeful about, hey, you know, you're, you don't have this yet, that power of yet, and kind of going 
that direction with it. So Yeah, and I know that our elementary design coaches have given some PD surrounding feedback. And one of the things that I loved from their presentation is they spoke to that fact of if right now we asked you as a listener or us in the room, what's one time you got feedback? Mm. The automatic response is negative. Always. The first yeah. thing you think about 100%. is when someone told you you weren't doing something correctly. Right. Um, so I think that's on us as these educators in this world now to kind of change that narrative around feedback and why we give it and how we use it to 100%. grow. I think that's great. So I have a question to ask you guys because having, having just come out of the classroom myself and being new to this role and really just being here for a few months, how did you guys use feedback in your own classroom or how are you seeing teachers give feedback? Because I know I have some responses of myself, but I am curious to hear like how you're seeing it or how you personally use it when you were in the classroom. You want me to go? Go I'm, ahead, I'm Nicole. always talking. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've, as we mentioned in the teaser episode, I have kind of a vast array of experiences in the classroom as far as grade levels, um, t- specific demographics of children, specific areas of education. Um, but I think for me, I always say that the most powerful feedback is behavior. Mm-hmm. So yes. that was something that was said to me really early on in my career that I think we don't think about a lot of the time, that a student's behavior is feedback to us. 100%. So I think it starts there, that behaviors that we're doing, behaviors that the kids are doing, that's all the beginnings of feedback. But I think every time we look at students and how students learn, we kind of miss the mark if we don't give them feedback that's actionable. So mm. I know that took me a long time to learn. Like, what yeah. is actionable feedback? Am I giving that child something like to your point about the plus two or the minus 18? Yeah. What does that tell them? All it tells exactly. them is you didn't know. It doesn't tell them how to fix it. It doesn't right, tell right. them how to grow. It just literally says, sorry, you didn't know. Yeah. Um, So in my classroom specifically, and what I see these teachers now doing, which is so impressive, is they are framing their feedback in a space that's impacting these kids and giving them a chance to grow. So they're giving feedback, like things, saying things like, have you considered changing the way? I love that that phrase. I love that phrase. It is so powerful because it's not negative or positive. It's kind of this neutral phrase of like, hey, have you ever thought about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And when she questions those kids, sometimes the kids will say like, yeah, I did think about that, but I made this choice instead. What a great insight into their thinking. Exactly what I was going to say. The feedback needs to be is like, okay, well, maybe the answer is not quite what we were looking for on the document, but what was your thinking behind putting it? Mm -hmm. Because 90% of the time, it's not a wild guess. Like they got there some logical way. Absolutely. But that question helps you reach that, their logic behind the answer. justify that. Well, that's yeah. it, Give right? Credit. Like the 100%. I mean, is they may still have the concept, but you can't know that unless you've let them justify that's why. Cool. Yeah. And the insight into their mind about the why, which right. on an assessment, we don't get that, right? Like mm-hmm. when we grade a test, it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And even if we let them explain their thinking, sometimes it's difficult to kind of get from them what they really were thinking exactly because there's an expressive part of that writing that yeah. that gets exactly. in our way especially yeah. in elementary when these kids are just learning how to do that mm-hmm. so i think for me in my experience and what i watch these teachers do is giving that neutral feedback questioning the how the why and then giving them a growth opportunity that's awesome i love that but i think it's so interesting that you speak about this because growing up in England and that being my personal educational experience like go as a student 
I don't remember a time getting a grade. I do oh, not remember really? a time receiving a grade. And and the focus was always on kind of like speaking to the point that you were saying, Nathan. It was always on okay, I maybe I, I got these seven right. And these are the three things that I obviously don't understand. I need to go work on these three things or whatever. So wow. like that was the mindset there was really uh, the fact of, well, what what did you learn? What are you missing? And now like that intervention piece, which like for an educational model is great. So tell I love that. Okay, now it's I feel wild, like coach. I'm like, right? tell me more about that. Right. Yeah, it was really, yeah, it was really different. So no report cards in that sense? Not in that sense, okay. right? Um, so they still sent home report cards of kind of where you're, you're at. Um, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head if they were letter grades, numbers. Like, I don't remember it wasn't seeing. A no. And no. think about how here, at least for me and my educational career, mm-hmm. how much weight we put on that number well, like that is on that report card. GPA yes. was foreign to me until I got into college. I was like, I don't know what a GPA, like what? Wow. Like, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So much weight on that number. And if it's above a 90 or if it, you know, right. you, you put so much pressure on yourself. I know I did as a kid because yeah. I'm a perfectionist that way. That score needed to be above a certain you know mm-hmm. point for it to be acceptable for me. But that's right. why feedback is so important because if if the number is going to be an important thing, like we're not going to sit here and pretend that we can change that the number is not going to be an important thing. Right. We can't. We can't. I mean, like, it's a reality of our right. Lives. That's yes. that's right. our life. Like that's what we have to do. But I think that is why feedback is so important because like we as the teachers would have the power to lessen that anxiety for those kids by giving them things that they can use and do like you're doing so great in this area let's grow just a little bit here as opposed to you only got a 75 like you know what i mean like i don't right yeah totally i think that's cool you have to also consider what is in in that feedback that score that number is feedback is a form of feedback for those kids but does that number really tell them what they know Exactly. Or tell yes. a parent what they know, or mm-hmm. tell that teacher or the future teacher what that kid knows. Right. That number doesn't say anything. But right. I think that goes back to the power of Nicole's phrase with "Have you considered?" Um, and hearing their thought process, because that number may not truly be representative of what they do know. And that's exactly. again why feedback is so important in having those conversations with your kids and and trying to to get, get mm-hmm. to all of them and learn that. Exactly. How's it been for you, Nathan, especially, yeah. you know, kind of being in an elementary teacher brain and then making that transition to middle school as the instructional technology coach? So for me as an elementary teacher, my favorite way to give feedback to my kids were just those small conferences, yes. one-on-one with 100%. them when I could pull them. Um, I think I would, I would like to see that more in secondary schools. I know it's hard because you're very limited on time. Your class sizes are larger. Mm-hmm. Um but that one-on-one time with those kids, not only am I giving them the feedback and telling them how they can improve or what next steps they can take, it also allowed me to build that relationship with them even more. And yeah. if anybody knows anything about me, like relationships are number one, like mm-hmm. with my team, with my students, with the teachers I work with, like that's number one for me. And so pull, being able to have that time with them, even if, even if it's just a couple of minutes. Right. And I think feedback depends on that, right? That relationship, because if someone gives me feedback that I trust, it's way different than someone I don't trust telling me, because first of all, if I don't trust them, I may not even validate that feedback, Mm -hmm. right? I may just say like, "Mm, they don't know me. That's not, that's not true. (laughs) Right. Right. Which is an easy escape for you to not take it, you Mm -hmm. know, and same for our kids. Yep. And that's that whole, like, they don't understand concept in feedback. So I think to Nathan's point, like that is 
the key. Uh-huh. And I haven't even considered it from that angle until you just said that, that that relationship is really number one. But you know, something 100%. I loved doing as a teacher and coming from the English classroom, like this maybe is a little bit easier than in some of the contexts, but I loved for their writing, I would always leave a blank space in my rubrics and I would get to know those kids and each kids would have a personal goal. I love that. Right. And so if the kid really struggled with a strong thesis, that part of their rubric 20 points or whatever you want to assign to it, if you, you know, giving it a numerical value is on their personal goal. And the kid wrote out in their own rubric how they were going to, you know, how they needed to be scored. And so now they're getting feedback the whole process if that makes sense of the assignment because they're thinking about okay what do I need to work on have I achieved it and then for part of the rubric too it's kind of nice like they're giving themselves feedback at the end on how they think they did and that's it's a nice way to kind of bring the kids in but you have to have that relationship to know what the kid needs to work on to build that rubric with them absolutely and I honestly if I'm being reflective on my own educational experience and I'm talking you know post Um, high school, kind of my graduate work and, you know, in education itself, I don't know that as education in general, we've given feedback enough kind of credence or, you know, enough kind of focus. I don't feel like I was ever really trained. No. How to give feedback and what you that get a number like. and right. you're done. Okay, bye. Like- right. <laughs> so I think, you know, as we become kind of those people that are influencing or kind of talking through these yeah. things, it's on us to really change that narrative 100%. surrounding feedback. I mean, and you look at somebody like Hattie who has, you know, great quotes everywhere, right? He has tons of these kind of speaking points. He actually has said that the most powerful single modification that enhances achievement is feedback. Ugh, he's mm-hmm. so good. And I think something like that from him yeah. is pretty incredible because he speaks to all different parts of the educational process. So I think that, again, just reemphasizes how important this concept is for us in education. Agreed. 100%. And I loved you talked about goal setting with them. And yeah. I think to me, that's the next step of feedback, right? right. You, you set that feedback with them and then you, you set that goal and how that changes where they take their learning next Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is always amazing to me. Um, I know that I had students whenever I was teaching in fourth grade math that we would set that goal after that feedback. Right. And they would always come up to me, you know, knowing that we were going to have that session and be, Mm -hmm. okay, did I meet my goal? Yes. To meet my goal. They were so anxious and knowing, did I meet that goal? Did I set it? Right. I had a part in, I, the teacher didn't set it. You know, I set it as a student. Yes. And there's more and buy-in that way. A hundred percent more buy-in. Uh, and, you know, the, the learning outcome was so much better. Yeah. And I think one of the benefits of our position is we get to make this process more efficient. Yes. Right. Exactly. Like there, I know when, when yeah. I was in school, that stuff didn't exist. Right. The teacher either wrote it on your paper in her red pen yep. exactly. or oh his God, red pen. The dreaded red Thank pen. Thank you. Yes. Thank you're you welcome. I'm, we're all about inclusivity on this podcast. So Yes. <laughs> Um, but now we have this opportunity to make feedback immediate, actionable, yes, and more productive and charged to with our current situation. You know, if you're listening to this beyond 2020, we will get there <laughs> when this, this year will end. If you're in that time, send us good vibes. Um, but I'm just, yeah, we just have to right now because we're, we're forced in this situation where we really should be utilizing the technology tools that are out there to mm-hmm. so that we can give impactful feedback to our kids right like if not now when (laughs) right and something that you'll as we progress in this podcast something we just really want to keep reminding everyone is 
when we speak to specific tech tools, we're certainly, um, these certainly don't encompass every tech tool out right. there. And That's a good point. it's yeah. more based on our interaction with them as far as our job and seeing other teachers use them, mm-hmm. personal experience, and kind of vetting a whole bunch of different tech tools. And this is all about the integration and what works for you. So practical examples, of course, we're going to give you, but this this list is not exhaustive of all the things you could use. And please email us or tweet us or, you know, find us anywhere and tell us what you use and see. Like, we want to we hear and expand, too. Like, we're here to learn from you as well. So please, please, please write us and, and let us know what you see and use. But speaking of tools, I want to give you a quick roundup of the things that I'm seeing mostly at the high school level um, that I think are utilized really well. So the first thing is... I'm I'm a big rubric person. I just think Me that that's too. so it's important. Side of oh us. my gosh! Like I. <laughs> love a good rubric which tells you a lot about me <laughs> i would agree with myself so it tells us a lot about us yes um but i was super pumped in the spring when google kind of dropped this new integration of having the rubric in google classroom on the assignment and being able to upload that i think that's a really really cool feature and a great way um one a time saver for for you as a teacher to go through and grade when you put that rubric in and embed it into the assignment it now on the right hand side of the assignment like pulls up and you can click and score the kid as you go which if you are math impaired like i am (laughs) it adds it for you game changer um so i love love the new rubric integration and the cool thing too is the kids see it when they then open their assignment and you return it to them so they're getting that feedback right away right like i think it was questionable too much to ask but like the kids aren't going to do it if you have one document that's the rubric and one document that's their assignment they're not cross-referencing they're not right they're just not um at all um and to be fair i probably wouldn't either um but having it embedded in one place like it forces them almost to look at it and then the other thing too is when they make adjustments and redo it you go in and rescore it and it it, it keeps that number updated and live, which is really nice. Um, so I love that. It is a little bit complicated. So in uh, complicated is a strong word. I mean, there's some distinct steps you have to take, but we're going to, in our resources, I have a video that we made with that we're going to share with you so that you can, t- you know, follow step by step how to make a rubric in Google Classroom. And there's going to be a template for it as well um, so that you guys can maybe start utilizing that if you're not already. It's a hard to believe that it's a hard, it's hard to believe. <laughs> I'm having trouble today, guys. Sorry. Um, it's hard to believe what life was like before Google, just to your right? point. Like to think about. Oh my God, Google is like life. How did we know. do school? Right? Can you I know mean, where the like, old people? I know that... I'm going down a rabbit hole, but like copies on transparency and then like piece of e-markers for life. I don't know how we did <laughs> the this only thing, beforehand. The only thing as a teacher I wish I would have had was the water bottle to spray the kid that's not listening. <laughs> Oh know, my god! I never got sprayed with the water bottle because you know I'm not that person. But I can tell you a couple of people so in my class ask, that were. Were you the kid that asked if you have homework that day? Yes, we he have ruined homework? it for all of us. Or were you that kid? Oh, I don't remember if I was that kid or <laughs> okay. I may have been. I may. Have, I don't remember for okay. sure. I was totally the teacher's pet. I was totally the teacher's pet though. <laughs> Okay. Totally. I mean, Miss, you forgot to take our homework up. Everyone's like, oh, Nathan. Like, I have one more question. Is this due tomorrow? Ugh. Yeah. There was this one time, and this is a rabbit hole, but there was this one time I forgot to do the homework. Oh, no. Oh. And then I, got, dun, dun, dun. I got in trouble, and I got a 50 on it, and I was mortified. Yeah. That's a I mean, I was pretty much that way, too. Not this episode, but I'll tell you about the one time I decided to forge my mom's signature in second grade, and I thought it was 
like, legit. Yeah, <laughs> I literally brought it to school. Like this looks just <laughs> like her signature. <laughs> um, but that's a story for another day. Sorry to I interrupt you, Jess. <laughs> that's okay. We're staying on Google. Google, we gotta love Google. But so Google also rolled out their new Google Meets update, which is really that's kind of the world we live in, especially at the oh, high yeah. school level with the Google Meets and having um, our live streamed classes where we have both in person and virtual students all at the same time. And it's like, whoa, it's a lot happening. So. You know, I can't say that I would not do this if I was a student, but if I turn my camera off and walk away, ain't nobody know, right? So, but Google's new update, it's kind of cool. They have a poll. And so I kind of like the idea of having the teachers like posting that poll and then students responding into it, you know, regularly. Um, So one, you're able to gauge your engagement at that point, right? If your students are getting up and walking away, that should kind of tell you something about your engagement level. um, And that should be feedback for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So by having that poll there, it's kind of a nice way to, to, to gauge yourself like, okay, like what do I need to tweak? What do I need to change so that the students don't feel like they should walk away? Um, but the other thing too is like you can use it in a more traditional manner where you just post out a question and you can see how the kids answer. And that's sort of immediate feedback. And if you need to switch gears, like, whoa, okay, we are not getting that concept <laughs> I just threw out there. Like yep. we need to go back to it. Um, it's the more traditional sense of the feedback too, where you may need to revamp your lesson a little bit. Yeah. And those temperature checks, I think we oh my need God, more yes. quick ways to do that. I think sometimes Agreed. we get lost in, yeah. I need this big fancy way to take a temperature Absolutely check. Not. And yeah. that's a really easy way it's to so just easy. throw it out there, get something back and move on. And on yeah. the fly. On yep. the fly. Yeah. On which the fly. Is <laughs> what we need right now. I mean, it's just like COVID's just wild, right? Like 2020 is just wild. So yep. it's, a, we just, it's one of those things. Yep. Um, but something that I wish I utilized more as a teacher last year is read and write. So this is an extension if you're in Prosper ISD, like all of our kids have, you have, it's wonderful. I love it. Um, it is a purple puzzle piece, um, which is kind of <laughs> cute. I like it. Um, well, the beauty of it is last year, not all of the kids yeah, had it. And so all of them thank you to the district for getting for it sure. to all of our kids, because that's been a game changer. I know for my middle school it's teachers awesome. and students. Yep. Yeah. So read and write predominantly like is an accommodation tool for, you know, reading to kids most of the time, but it does so much more than that. And I love it. Um, But what's really cool about it is if you are in a doc, there is an option to leave a voice note. And so if you're giving kids feedback, you know, on their work, you can speak the feedback, which I think sometimes is way more impactful than them reading um, the words, just because of the, your tone can come across a little bit better that way. And mm-hmm. I, I just think it just is so much nicer. So that's a great way, especially having virtual kids. They may never have heard you directly right. address that's them. That's a good point. That's and true. so this is a really good personalized way to do it and a little bit of a time saver so you're not having to type feedback each time. Right. So it's a great tool. The other thing I love about read and write voice notes is kids can give each other voice notes. So they can give each other feedback that way, which is super impactful um, and sometimes a lot more in-depth than when you ask them to write each other feedback, which is like the, it's great. Yeah. Cool. Just to jump on that thing, something I didn't know until, you know, maybe last year was um, using those voice notes and just using Google comments in general in docs, make sure that your kids can assign comments to each other. You can assign the comment so that they have to resolve it. So sometimes I think that's powerful too, right? Like making sure that the feedback is validated by the kid. True. And there may be a bit of, especially for elementary, I know Mm -hmm. my brain is still working on this, the, the, (laughs) The the transition there, but I talk to my teachers in elementary a lot about 
teaching them how to give feedback. Mm -hmm. That's a good That's a huge piece that Mm -hmm. they don't really know how to do. And that is probably why when I asked for them to comment on something in Google Classroom, it was great. Yeah. Or not good. Not good. (laughs) Yeah. This but that's not where good. sometimes I think that the voice note would be better, right? Because it's just a little bit more natural that mm-hmm. way than it is to, to write it out. Just You could use, have you considered? Have you considered? <laughs> I love that. Start all of your voice notes with have you considered. <laughs> well, and, and th- but give them sentence stems. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Use those sentence stems for them 100%. so that they can... I mean, I think probably some middle school kiddos need those sentence I, stems. I oh, need well. sentence I know wow. middle school. No yeah, you do need today. a sentence stem <laughs> right now. I do. If someone could give me one right now. But speaking to your point, Nathan, I know middle school students need sentence stems having just come from there. It was like you lived and died by those sentence stems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. That is the truth. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that would be, that would be great. Yeah. So tell us what you're seeing over in uh, middle school world. Well, when it comes to feedback, um, I really love Flipgrid. Um, Who doesn't? Right. And I I was kind of upset with Flipgrid. I'm going to be honest there for a little while whenever they... (laughs) Went to Microsoft. Uh, yes, I wasn't crazy yeah. about that because I felt like, Ugh. but they've they've upped their game. Yes, they have. And I've been very impressed with the things that they have been able to include in Flipgrid. I mean, there's a whiteboard now. I love so the whiteboard. Your virtual kids. I mean, there's quick feedback right there. Mm-hmm. You can see exactly, you know, what they're what they're thinking. But I think that peer to peer feedback mm-hmm. is huge, oh, and that's yeah. what Flipgrid allows right their whole platform is giving students voice mm-hmm. um voice in their learning voice in other people's learning um and, and it so, brings that visual aspect right yeah. like sometimes we need to see those nonverbal cues we need to see exactly. facial features 100%. we need to see how that person is physically responding mm-hmm. um and what their intent is behind that feedback so i think too with flipgrid specifically there is these other nonverbal ways for the kids to express themselves, the emojis. And I know sometimes that takes over the Flipgrid, but hmm. I really think there's a lot in that of I, I agree. what emoji yeah. they choose yeah. or what background they're choosing. I, I think it speaks to their thought process again, Agreed. kind of exactly. the why. Especially in this brave new world when they need that interaction, mm-hmm. that social yes. interaction with their friends. Even if it is, hey, I'm going to give you feedback on the assignment you submitted, that social interaction is huge right now for well, those kiddos. And if it's virtual kids, they like in in the situation that you guys are in like they've never seen each other yep right you know aside from a google meet and they only would have had to have their cameras on for them to see each other Mm -hmm. so the flipgrid really opens that door up to building that classroom culture that is hard to do in a virtual setting yeah and i think to that point and to nathan's point before about relationships i think it's important to give feedback in all aspects yes so feedback on you know, how I was part of morning meeting this morning or feedback on how I interacted in a physical classroom by yeah. following directions. So it doesn't always have to be academic in nature. Exactly. 100%, yeah. Exactly. Um, another one of my favorites too is Nearpod. I have used Nearpod for many, many years. Um, I love... That's been through a lot of iterations too. It ha- And they're so good. It <laughs> has. Know. And they're so good about taking the feedback they are. <laughs> that their true. users give them. <laughs> And implementing those things. And in fact, Flipgrid is in, embedded in Nearpod now as well. So they're really all encompassing with Google and um, everything else as well. But I love the quick polls that you can shoot out at students right yeah. then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that if you can kind of gauge where your kids are going, you're not real sure where you need to go next. You can drop that quick quick poll in there and see where they're at. Um, obviously, there's the quiz feature and things like that. I love the draw it feature. Mm. Um, I love that too. Because for one. your kiddos that aren't the best when it comes to 
showing their showcasing their right. learning in that way they are able to draw it yeah they can't or, verbalize and exactly, they can draw it, which exactly. especially for like primary primary exactly and they're just learning those skills it's awesome to yeah, have i bet them just visualize their thinking or your exactly. language learners you yeah know, absolutely what a great 100%. way to actually assess learning as opposed to anything and else you know yeah. speaking of our language learners those near nearpod has also done a lot with for els they have a whole el section do they too do. It's that's really been cool. that's really good it's really really good and i think even for some of our students the el section is good whether they're els or not so yeah um and finally, I really like Padlet. Oh, I love a good The only pad. thing about Padlet, Padlet... bring back unlimited Padlet. Oh my That's God, about please. what I was... I was <laughs> sorry, just saying sorry, that. Sorry. You stole it. Sorry. The only thing I dislike about Padlet is they only let you have three. I know. It's a sad world when, you're, when your three Padlets are filled. I mean, and you can't add another. I know, right? <laughs> I always, as a teacher, would be a little creative with my Padlets and like just clear them out, reuse it. Exactly. Yeah. I love the column feature though, since it is limited and like having, I would have a class in a column. Yes. And so like then you could have, you could do more. It was yes. good. I love that you could insert <laughs> images. Yes. Yeah. That's and talking about, one. again, the relationships, because that's my thing, right? Being able to, I love doing like the, how are you feeling today? Show me a, a, a gif or a meme of how you're, you know, just kind of gauging, you know, where they're at the SEL piece too. Yeah. I love that. Um, which I know Dr. Ferguson in the district really is big on right now. And, pushing that sel and making sure that we're we're meeting kids where they're at you know yeah socially emotionally and as a learner yeah in the same breath as padlet i mean google keep i don't know if anyone I uses keep google or doesn't keep. but keep in my real life is keep a lifesaver grocery lists everybody <laughs> that's exactly get what on I it if you take for. nothing else yes. Google keep for your grocery <laughs> if you are listening <laughs> and you have a spouse or a significant other you need a grocery google keep list um, so keep same thing runs through Google, but it's actually kind of this, I call it like a virtual cork board of post-its. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just these interactive notes that you can collaborate on. And when I taught eighth grade ELAR, I really focused to Nathan's point on the one-on-one -on -one conferences, right? Yep. Like I wanted to give feedback. I wanted my students to use that feedback in an actionable way. So these collaborative keep notes in the beginning, it's a lot of setup. You're, you know, basically sharing a hundred notes, but once that's done, they're live. So after I would conference, I'd write some stuff down and then the kids had an actionable checklist that they could work on the next time. I've seen this uh, done currently. It's being done at one of my campuses in a third grade classroom and it's phenomenal. It's how kids build self agency. It's how they can advocate for themselves and kind of like regulate their learning. That's awesome. So keep is a great one. It definitely lends itself more to upper elementary and above because it's dependent on typing. It's mm -hmm. not as intuitive as far as, you know, writing or drawing in that aspect. So it's definitely something that's kind of for the um, older kids. Another one is Pear Deck. So Pear Deck, similar to Nearpod, if you've never used it, it literally lays over Google Slides, which, which is, is my favorite part. I was I just going to say. That add-on feature is awesome. amazing. Yes. And before Nearpod had what they have now, which is called Nearpod Eyes, where you can basically yeah. like take your slide deck and do that, Pear Deck is all intuitive. It's an add-on you can download through Google Slides and it has a lot of the same features. There is a paid version which has a couple of extra things, but the free version work, works for what you need. And it's really easy for the kids, um, for them to kind of give you that same temperature check and for you to get feedback on their learning in a, in a really easy format. The website's super easy for them to get to. And it's something that I've seen used really, really well across the board. Yeah. Um, I think 
It also isn't super gimmicky or super... It has um, a lot of great templates, yes. too. And it's not distracting for no. the kids. It's uh-uh. just kind of, here it is, and answer the question, and we can kind of move on there. And it as well pulls in that SEL piece as well. Yes. Which Absolutely. I love about it. Yes. That total, that, um, what do you call it? Where like, you kind of just gauge. Right, that spectrum of yes. where they are. Yep. And to Jessica's point, the community and the library on Pear Deck is pretty expansive. Oh, awesome. So if you haven't checked that out, that's a great way to kind of uh, dip your toe in the water of using mm-hmm. Pear Deck. Um, but that's a really good one. And I see that one used a lot. Um, we showcased it in our Prosper Forward Academy last year. And I think a lot of people really liked how easy it was to use. Rushing Middle School loves it. My oh, math teachers Rockville love High it. School. Yes, yeah, see, I love Everybody that. And I love a tool deck. that can go K-12. Yes, it's exactly. great. Exactly. Right? so awesome. And to that point. I know. I hope you say it. Tell me. My favorite tool of all time that can go K-12 is Seesaw. Yes. And I know. I'm going to the Seesaw. And I know all you. I was a middle school teacher, too. And I know the first time they presented it to me, people, I was like, this looks like it's for babies. But, but it's, it's not. not. Um, I need at Rushing Middle School to be working on that. Because yes. actually, I have a sixth grade teacher that I think I'm gonna. I love that so much. Have her start using it. Interesting. So my team knows, but the podcast world might not know that seesaw is my ultimate love of any tool, <laughs> and I try not to get <laughs> attached to tools um, because they are ever changing, and because the world's ever changing. But seesaw really is possibly the best way for kids to make their learning visible, and used in the way of curating a digital portfolio. The most powerful mm-hmm. feedback tool is kids watching themselves. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's cool. And Seesaw's way of curating this journal over time is phenomenal. I have used it in every sense from kids recording themselves reading a book in kindergarten to assess fluency all the way up to when I used it in eighth grade where the kids branded themselves in their learning. Um, and how we use Seesaw is our students graded themselves. So they basically wrote their own report card. That was their feedback to me on their learning. They would come up with their assignments and they would defend their learning to me based on the learning targets that we established. So that feedback really depended on the feedback for me and then them giving me the feedback about what I've taught them and if they were able to accomplish those goals. So Seesaw is a paid tool for premium. Um, The free version of Seesaw suffices the benefit of the paid version and seesaw for schools is that that portfolio would transfer year over year so in essence you could track a kid from k to 12 um, with a digital interface but with seesaw there is a commenting feature you can return work there's drafts there's a similar community there the uh, community is actually really really good it's awesome and if you don't follow them on facebook that's another really great place for ideas about using seesaw to give feedback and gain feedback Um, So you can check them out there as well. But Seesaw for me was a game changer even when I taught middle school. I'm going to have to jump on that. It's good. I need to look at this. There's stuff, K-12. The community is where I would start if you're looking to see how they're using it. The community, typically communities on places, on tools, isn't always great. But Seesaw's community is actually really, really good. Yeah, and they are another company that takes feedback. So how I'm spending my Friday (laughs) nights. Yes. Exciting. (laughs) If you do want to see, I've seen Seesaw grow over the last six years that I've used it and they really listen to people, you know, Mm -hmm. so if you're feeling like it's too babyish or it's not, the interface is a little bit um, targeted towards younger students, I think kind of presenting it to them with how it could look different would be great. I think they'd be interested Hmm. to hear it. Very interesting. It would be cool if 
it could transition the user interface based on the grade level Agreed. you're in. Agreed. Uh, some that other programs awesome. have done that. Yeah, where there's kind of two separate looks well, per yep. se. Leave them your feedback, <laughs> and they may take it. I don't know. <laughs> well, and the other piece of seesaw that didn't get mentioned is its parent communication oh, as yeah, well. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. So there's that part of communication. That's a big yeah. deal. It's great. I loved. To get to see a side of my kids that I don't always get to see. Yeah. So it's awesome. So I think that we've covered a lot. I we think have. we've given you a ton of um, tools, a ton of ways to kind of elicit feedback, give feedback. And we hope to have covered, you know, some student to student interactions, teacher to student interactions, and even to Nathan's point, teacher to parent interactions, yeah. right? Where we can get feedback from all of those places. And as we move forward with feedback, if you implement some of these things or try them, we would love to hear from you. We'd Tweet love it. to hear how it's going. Yeah. Tweet at us. Um, at send us underscore an email. recharged. With a couple of ED. <laughs> Jessica loved it. Though. I, I love that. Was That's my favorite I was part of for what Jessica she does. To throw that in. A couple of ED. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. But we are going to wrap up this episode there unless anyone else has any feedback for me on what we could do moving forward. I have some feedback for both of you. I think you're both amazing. You're so kind. Oh, Thank you. You're pretty great too. too. Yeah, look at us. See, oh, but that's see. not really good feedback, right? Like you're really good it's too. Great. <laughs> it's great. I like. Have you considered? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Great. Have you considered that you're both amazing? Oh, oh thanks. So sweet. Oh, okay, I don't have nothing else to say. I don't. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us again on another episode of the Recharge Podcast with a couple of ED. Um, and in the famous words of Dr. Bradley, don't prop doors. Bye.